Is there a spirit in the room? If there's a spirit in the room, please move the glass towards the yes button. Bat and Spider, episode 89, week two of Severn Films, All the Haunts Be Ours, box, folk horror box set, month, uary. <coughs> the official name. This week, Chuck, we watched a movie called Allison's Birthday. So stay tuned for that. For the uh, the bottom of the hour, bottom of the hour, bottom of the hour, or the top, or the top of, th- or wherever we damn well want to put it. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Um. Got my cat here, hey, making an appearance. This is amazing. Showing Chuck her, uh, showing Chuck her beesness. Yeah. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Look at all that fur. You know what she's doing, Chuck? She's uh. She wants to get on me. That's what. She's oh yeah, yeah. She wants that chest for. there, that warm chest. Yeah. Yes, she's getting on, ladies and gentlemen. She's getting on his. She's draping her front arms over Dale's shoulder. He's holding up her hindquarters. Uh, she's getting comfortable. This is, uh, this is a first. I am in heaven. This is a. Uh, this is what happens when the uh, the cameras aren't rolling. Yeah. This is this is fantastic. I, this is a rare Live. thing I get to see, um, listeners. I can only try and descri- describe the magic to you. She's a, she's a, uh, you know, your classic tabby. Maybe a, uh, I, I saw a chart the other day online of all tabbies, the markings they have, and they each have mm-hmm. a different name. I was blown away. Wow. Uh, she looks like our cats, which are, we're both under the mackerel stripes. Oh. They're like long, thin stripes. I don't know. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So the mackerel tabby. Yeah, the mackerel. I thought that could have been a chart made by like a Tumblr person, oh, you know. I'm like with fairly cat faces. Fairly certain it was made up. I don't I don't know. Are, yeah. I mean, people say there's breeds for cats, but I don't really buy it. I don't know. It just seems yeah, less nobody, organized than what's going on on the dog side over there, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you know, can do I sound all right? You sound great. I'm trying to podcast over top of her. <laughs> it sounds great. Um, I think for the most part, you know, veterinarians, they don't give a crap about what kind your cat is. It's, they're going to give it a shot. Yeah. They're going to try to, uh, they're going to try to give your cat a deworming medicine every time it's in because it's, <laughs> oh no, it benefits the vet more than anybody. <laughs> oh no. Like maybe, uh, you know, maybe we should try, uh, we could put her on a dewormer. Wouldn't hurt her, but you know, if there's anything. I'll tell you, one of the real life horror things that happened to me or like in the last five years was when we got Oscar, he's our newest guy, newest cat. He had worms because he was, you know, he came from a farm. Yeah. And, you know, we started him on the dewormer and oh, it was not fun the day I saw a little mm. guy poking out of there and Oscar yes, was dude. freaking out and I had to pull that thing out <gasps> and I I hated it. Oh my God. My eye, I need bleach for my eyeballs. Cause, yeah. Oh. Now, now we picked up our two cats yeah. together from, a, you know, like a, a rescue. And when we gave them the dewormer, I'm still uh-huh. really in thought of you pull, <laughs> pulling out, pulling it out. Awful. Our worms, now let's compare worms for a second. Okay. 
my worms were se- like segmented. They would just come out on their own, like little Whoa. tiny. But the, I, I would never. <laughs> the fact that you're saying this to me, yeah, Chuck, you. Like, I was in full panic mode. I immediately, you know, I studied it. It was in the tissue. Then afterwards, I was like, <gasps> "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, and I called the vet, I, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's just coming out. It's those are just the worms that are in there." And I was like, "Oh horrified. my god, are you horrified?" <sighs> That's incredible. <laughs> like this is like me when you come in with with a with your military uniform on and I buy you a drink and I say thank you for your service. This is how serious we are right now. Okay? Because no, but I, got I can't a little... but I could never <laughs> I'm wearing my my uniform and I've got a, a patch that's a it's a litter box patch. <laughs> for the day I pulled the worm oh, out of man. my cat's anus. God. I can't. That's amazing, Chuck. Your bravery. Thank you. Hey, pre- hey, appreciate you appreciating me. Uh, so what else? I'm. I mean, I guess I'm just going to try to podcast like this now that Taylor's half satisfied. Man. I am. I am obviously the most uncomfortable I can be because I'm using my <laughs> arm to prop her up. Because all I care about is her comfort. Don't you dare move that arm. Look at her. Oh man, she almost squinted at me or in my direction, not at me. There's no way she would squint mm-hmm. at me. She doesn't even know I'm there. I'm nothing to her. That's the way it should no. be. <laughs> um, do you watch anything, Dale, this week? Oh, boy. <clears throat> Actually, I know the answer to this. You watched a lot. I, I pout. If it was the equivalent of, um, I guess it's the equivalent of drinking beers, which I did. I pounded <laughs> movies this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Pounded them down. First up, I watched a movie I hadn't watched in, I hadn't treated myself to in a long time. I bought it on Black Friday. The 4K rendition of Wesley Snipes' Blade. Mm, Blade. What a treat. How did that 4K look? One of the one of the good discs? 4K looked really good. Good. Looked really good. I had forgotten that most of the film is like like it's it's in a blue filter. It's like a blue hue to mm. almost every scene. You know, especially the the opening sequence, but anything involving vampires in the blood. The blue with the ultra red blood is it's a cool color combination that that you're dealing with, but you know your girl Tracy Lords in the beginning of that movie oh I forgot God, she was really? in it. Yeah, yeah. See, I and, I only saw this once, like maybe like five years ago. It's the first time I watched it, so I mm. it's complicated. I know everyone loves this movie, but I feel like oh, I yeah. I didn't watch it at the right age because I, I just right. I, so I don't have the affinity. What what year did this come out? Was this 98? 1998, summer 98. of 98 wow. it came out. Yeah. So pre pre-matrix. But pre-matrix. But that sauce was that sort of fashion was in the air that the matrix would sort of culminate in that the sunglasses, mm-hmm. black leather situation. Oh yeah. I got to give Blade pro- it's it's funny to you know, you know, Marvel was like knuckle deep in bankruptcy nearing bankruptcy around this time yeah, so bad time they take a chance with blade and it's so i i would like to know more about how it was blade out of the whole stable of characters even you know b-level street street level characters it's blade how did blade get singled out for one and for two you know how did it turn out so dang good yeah, I mean, I'm putting my producer hat on, Dale. I can only think 
budgetary. That's why I'm asking you. Budgetary. You know, like you couldn't do an Avengers movie in 98 and pull it off like sure. you want to, right? But but how, I mean, so Wesley Snipes must have been like mega interested in this property, right? Because otherwise they're not selling this movie. I'm sure that had something to do with it. Yeah. He must have been interested in it or, you know, someone showed it to him. He's like, yeah, I'm attaching himself and that. I mean, that's how a lot of movies, you know. I would just love to know, you know, like why not Luke Cage? Why not Punisher? You know, why not? Yeah, I don't know. It's a, uh, history is mysteries. Maybe uh, there's some special features on that disc that'll answer that question for you now. Who, yeah. who directed um, the first one? Oh, I'm sorry. It was directed by Stephen Norrington. Oh. He, uh, his directorial credits include the cult sci-fi horror film Death Machine and the comic book adaptations of Blade and the League of Extraordinary oh, Gentlemen. wow. LXG. That was a rough night. That came out when I worked in a movie theater and that was... We did the employee screening of that. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Oh, man. But Death Machine, I might have to add that to my watch list. Oh, I remember the cover to this Death Machine. I've never seen that. That but That's amazing. It's so, we're looking at a, a robotic hand with knife fingers popping out of the water and blood dripping. Yes. It feeds on your fear. It's the tagline. Oh, my God. Brad Dorif's in it. How bad could it be? <gasps> William Hootkins. Um, that's, uh, what's his name? Oh, Porkins. Is Porkins, Porkins. Yeah. Um, anything else? What else? You, you want to talk about anything else? Oh, I watched, uh, uh, I, I watched the, the movie Fury for the first time. Oh I yeah. That and, yeah. Uh, I had a great time watching that. It was beautiful in 4k. It was gorgeous. The, you know, the, it's just so visceral and, and like depressingly, mm-hmm. I guess accurate. I have to, you know, I know they like they rolled out like museum tanks for this to keep you know the accuracy oh really on point yeah i know that that much and i mean it was a good it was a good movie about a tank brigade in world war ii obviously with uh the tank's nickname was fury brad pitt is a war daddy (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh it was it was a great story the they tell the story of you know how they've they landed on D-Day and have been with their tank platoon since day one and they're deep in Germany in 45 and they're like trying to root out the, the you know, the Naziest of the Nazis, like the SS soldiers and stuff that are just yeah. dug, the heels dug in. And I mean, some of the, some of the battles and stuff are just so frighteningly. It's a stressful movie from what I remember. Like I, Yeah. yeah. It's stressful. Especially that, like, that part, the part I can never get out of my head. It's like the opening shot. Isn't the opening shot, like, incredible? Isn't it, like, a long take or something? Yeah. But when they get to that, that, like, village, and there's that thing with, like, the girl, and it's, like, very tense, and, like, some of the soldiers are, like... Brad Pitt takes his, you know, the new soldier who hasn't spilled any blood, who hasn't been there since the beginning. Like, he, he hasn't spent four years in hell. And that guy was literally like going to be a typist and they rerouted him <laughs> to to the tank brigade because it needed a warm body. He t- They take him to this uh, apartment with two German girls. Obviously, the German girls are on edge. They think they're about to think the worst is about to happen. And basically, you know, it's a beautiful apartment and, and War Daddy just wants these like eggs made. He un- <laughs> oh, unrolls yeah. these six <laughs> eggs and they kind of like have themselves a nice calming it's like a calming breakfast amidst the chaos that's outside yeah. of like the the americans like 
just finalizing the uh, you know the invasion of the this town, and the rest of his crew shows up. Ugh. Like you know, it's such a it's such a such a feeling that you know that the crew shows up and they're basically like animals, right? They're wild yeah. animals. They yeah. haven't had a warm meal or or sat in a chair that's not been you know something military quality and they have this like awkward this awkward conversation where they know why they weren't invited in <laughs> but also they've just they spent the last 5 years not 5 years five, like uh, tw- like 13 months they they spent the last 13 months in hell yeah for Brad Pitt like doing everything that they asked him why don't they get a seat at the table too yeah and is so like awkward and so and tense yeah yeah it's so tense it, it, it's a great scene and you know you can't help but feel for them but also too they are like they're scum, monsters you know? <laughs> yeah absolutely don't let they're them monsters, near those but, girls <laughs> at yeah. all please and some of the stuff they do like with the new guy to you know uh, it's like fresh fresh meat you know they have to basically like in order to keep their lives saved they have to like get this their only way is to just like try to chisel away at this guy's humanity as fast as they can. Yeah. To make him kind of like numb to the the hell that is war and what they're going to be witnessing together as a team. I'm talking a lot about this random movie Fury, but I really I, I really liked it. It's got its, it's it's got its uh, claws into you a little bit, maybe. So that's that was like the positive stuff from Fury. Yeah, I like uh what's that director? I like that director. Yeah, David Ayer did that. And um Oh yeah, yeah. David Ayer. I was really hot on him at the time. I never saw End of Watch, but the, I I always wanted to. I, I have a feeling I would like that. Oh, he did that sabotage movie with Schwarzenegger. That was pretty good. Oh, he, and he, but he did the the first Suicide Side Squad movie, which like kind of broke my heart cuz I was like you know, mm. what, I'm like whatever, superhero movie, but because of David Ayer yeah. got I was like, "Oh, this is going to be awesome." But then, you know, I went to see that movie and it was just like clearly studio completely chopped this thing up and like turned it into a two hour long music video. And <laughs> yeah, it just, it just was clearly a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. um, I, he's like a, you know, he's a t- he's one of these, you know, he's sort of a modern day tough guy movie director. Very, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's definitely all his movies. He's on a path of, I'm examining men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And guns. <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Sure. And Shia LaBeouf. I mean, Shia LaBeouf is in this movie. He's, he's. I think he's a fantastic oh, yeah. actor. He's really good in this. Movie. He's a, yeah. He's his energy is insane in that movie. It's Chuck. What about you, man? Yeah. I only watched one other movie besides our featured pick. Um, mm-hmm. I watched 1973's Female Prisoner Scorpion: Colon Number 701's <laughs> Grudge Song. <laughs> God, I love these titles. My word, love these titles. This is the fourth? Yeah, so this is uh, the fourth movie in the Female Prisoner Scorpion series. It's the last one in the uh, Arrow box set, which I have. And I put off watching this probably because it switches directors. The first three have the same director. It's a very unified vision. And I was a little, I was probably like, eh, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm a little worried. <laughs> but yeah. I I loved it. And, you know, and like seeing some reviews in Letterboxd, you know, people take it down a few pegs because- Scorpion, she has sort of a love story in this, but it's not, it's calling it a love story is even like a bridge too far for what it actually kind of is. It's, it's, uh, to me, I, I saw it very much in the spirit of Scorpion's character. You know, there, there's a scene where she like 
has she has sex with like this this guy but mm-hmm. it's like the way i thought it was really smart because it's not like it's not super passionate sex where she's like getting really into it you know because who she is she's just like she's a character who doesn't talk and she she broke out of person like 18 times she's killed like you know 20 cops you know she's just like you can't she's like an insane force that doesn't speak she's beautiful and you can't keep her in jail like that's her thing (laughs) (laughs) and uh so yeah i i guess it's jarring to see her sort of like kind of fall in love with someone um but the way they like do the sex scene it's like she's she's not like having passionate she's not passionately like making love to this man she's sort of just she's letting him have sex with her and like that's i mean it makes it sound like a little gross uh, i don't know it was interesting. i i thought it was an, a cool subtle way to do a love story for this character who like it shouldn't happen like mm-hmm. um but what i liked about this it's a cool movie that's cut in half i love this i feel like some of the a bunch of these scorpion movies are like two hat two movies sandwiched together and i love it like two short films because it's like there's the first half with her and this guy she's out of jail on the run and he's helping her and he ends up he finally gets tortured by the cops and gives her up so it's like it's appropriate that like oh yeah of course she let you know she let down her guard a little bit to this guy but of course he can't you know in this world he's a male piece of shit scumbag and of course he's gonna fall from grace he can't keep up that facade so of course he gives up her location the cops find her she goes back to jail so then the second half is her back in jail but the cool twist about this one is all of a sudden the jail and this one is run it's an all-female run like crew at the jail and i like i they don't they don't talk about why it happened or anything like there's no explanation but i but i i feel like that's a hilarious thing like a very bureaucratic thing like God damn it, this scorpion keeps getting out of this jail. Maybe if we have uh, women run this jail, they'll be able to understand scorpion and she won't fucking get out again, you know? Because <laughs> it, it, instead of like all the guards being like insane men who are just like there to rape and torture the prisoners. <laughs> right. There's like a, there's a new relationship with the, with her like, her like block guard who's like compassionate and you know, oh. you know, she's, she knows she's on death row and she's like, we got to get you to like, accept this and like, b- you know, be well with yourself and talk to Buddha and shit. And <laughs> wow. But of course yeah. pff, our girl uses that to her advantage and right. yeah. She's and it's not a, going, she's not being cooped up now. And it's a great ending, I, you know, and there's a few more of these movies. They, it's a different actress. So I'm guessing that's why they're not included. Oh, in the set. okay. But, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I loved all these movies and I, I'll probably watch, you know, the rest, uh, you know, someday, but now I need to watch them Chuck again. I know they were, they were on shutter. Maybe they still are that maybe that will like save me or satiate from me from buying the box set. I don't need to buy the box set. They are up on, you know, I always forget about the arrow has that streaming service. They're all up there too. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Pay me arrow. (laughs) Pay you. Dale, what if we could get uh, streaming channels just as pay us in memberships? That's all. I would oh, be happy. God. Yeah. Jesus. That would that would make this all worth it. Yeah. Right? Or even uh, I mean, finally. Uh, some secret like Tubi login that removes the ads. So oh, you don't have to watch the ads. God. I got to say, I mean, nothing. no shade against Tubi. I got to say, I've been, 
I've been like staying away from Tubi recently because those ads, they just like, they like make mm. the movie twice as long. And it's just like, it's like trying to watch, you know, Back to the Future on, t- on cable. It's just like it's four <laughs> hours, you know, it's nuts. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I was super specific. I loved it. How it's like, <laughs> I, got some I love this story. movie, but I'm not going to watch it on cable. <laughs> Uh, let's get it. Let's do it, Dale. Allison's birthday. Allison's birthday. Pick two from the full car box set. On Allison's 19th birthday, her aunt and uncle who raised her uh, from when she was a baby, they really want her home, Dale. They want her home for her birthday celebration. All her relatives are coming in. It's going to be a big thing. They want her home. She relents after some slight manipulation. But she brings along her, uh, her, 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 her young friend, Peter, this uh, hot, hot young thing. <laughs> so Peter's <laughs> skulking around while she's back at her aunt and uncle's house in her old bedroom. And as the days, you know, there's like three days until her birthday. And as the time goes on, things just start to get weird. It's weird feelings in the air, weird experiences in the backyard. And Peter picks up on this, too. You know, he picks up on uh, her uh, agitation, on Allison's agitation and her reluctancy to be here. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about what happens on Allison's birthday. I was surprised this was, uh, it felt more like an English folk horror thing. I was expecting yeah. some uh, Aboriginal stuff in here, but this is very much a, the cult in this came from Somerset. So they were like, they, they, they explain they're sort of on the run from uh, the last town they were in in um, Somerset who wanted to burn them, <laughs> probably. <laughs> so they ended up in Australia. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. It was it was interesting, but also uh, very, you know, it could have been filmed in any country because it was, cause it was very uh, druidic, like old English druid yeah. sort of feeling. It felt like a TV movie or like a stage 100%. play. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Very, it's very talky. You know, you could totally see this as like a, a, a radio play too. Cause there's not a ton. That, that was the yeah. one thing that bummed me out was like, it, it wasn't very visual. You know, there's a few good shots, but yeah, I, I like, I thought it was a great movie with some caveats. Mm-hmm. I liked the, the concept. And I think by this point, maybe it's a concept that we've seen time and time again in certain things. You know, uh, you know, a family basically comes down to uh, somebody's family as evil. I think for me, it was almost like the whole time we kind of knew what was going to happen. And I either wanted two things from that. I either wanted a big twist to happen mm-hmm. or I needed, you know, by the I think by the halfway point in this movie, I was like, I need some spectacular effects or like brutal gore. <laughs> Yeah. To sort of offset <laughs> the plain vanilla kind of movie we're getting up until this point. Because we were, uh, you know, for not, if it was a 90 minute movie, we're at like minute 50 and nothing's happened but conversations. Yeah. And it was kind of like, uh, I was, I was, I wasn't getting agitated, but I was like starting to hedge my bet. I'm like, I really need a finale, like a disgusting, absurd, <laughs> like something to betray not the wholesomeness, but the, I mean, I don't want to say the boringness, but 
nothing happened, so I needed something big to happen yeah. by the end. Or I needed a twist that wasn't going to be, if anything, it was going to be Allison and, and Paul getting away or saving the day. But obviously, we, you, you know, by the end and when that doesn't happen, it's kind of like, well, that's pretty predictable too. Like that was going to happen. I gave this movie a lot of rope because I, there's a lot, I loved a lot of the themes it was dealing with. You know, there's, there's a perspective on this movie. You can take out all the full car stuff. And I think the writer director is um, Ian Coughlin. I can't help but think he had on his mind the idea, like the anxiety of going home and having parents that, you know, today we would call them maybe helicopter parents or something, you know, like the type of parents who don't want to let go that keep your uh, bedroom the same as it was when you're a kid, you know, <laughs> and it's never, it's like kept immaculately, you know, it doesn't become, you know, dad's den or like mm-hmm. storage, you know, it mm-hmm. it's just got all your toys and your childhood things still there. And it's just this like perfect home life that these, like the parent, the parental units have like, you know, they're just like playing these parts that just like everything is pleasant. <laughs> you know, there's no bad feelings anywhere. And it's, and it's just like, it sucks you in. Like if you're the, if you're the target of that, of their energy, like they're, they're, you know, in this it's Allison, it's their adoptive daughter. And mm-hmm. it, there's something repulsive I found about it. Like, cause I wanted her out of there. Uh, forget the miniature stonehenge in the backyard (laughs) like i all this stuff of like what it's like to go home when you're trying to become your own person uh, you know and grow up and become independent and how when you cross that threshold there's a part of you that reverts back to being five years old again all that stuff i thought was very well done and I, i i uh really appreciated that so i think that carried me a little bit longer because yeah you know, I can see everyone complaining that, hey, this is boring for an hour. And, you know, and I, I'm not going to give them, I'm not going to give Ian Coughlin an excuse, but did you watch any of the special, the little interviews they had on this disc? I I, I didn't with this they, disc. I didn't have time. They had the producer on. He said, after it was done, he, had, he asked Ian, he was like, so what percentage are you like happy that we got? you know, from your original vision, he was, he was, you know, the producer was like, I thought he would say like 60, 70%, but he's director said 40%, I think. <laughs> and he was like, he was like heartbroken. Cause he's like, Oh, I didn't do my job. You know, I didn't Aww. make this available for this guy, you know, to make what he wanted to make. So part of me is like, Hey, you know, maybe they just didn't have the budget, you know, cause it was clearly super low budget. And then after that, they, they interview like three of the actors and every single one of them, <laughs> like, it was kind of sad, but they were all like, yeah, this like there was being so like genteel oh. and polite about it, but they were like they yeah. were basically saying this movie they think it sucks and it's a joke. But <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, it was kind of heartbreaking because I think there is there's a cool movie in here, um, yeah, for sure. But you know, and they still see it as like a B movie. Like this is, I think this was made in a time in Australia where local productions just didn't have money, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's that's why it feels like a TV movie to me. It definitely feels like they have a small budget. They can only, you know, they can't have these big shocking moments, really, special effects. Yeah. But, you know, they, I love that opening seance with the three girls. That I was drawn right in with that. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, it's Allison when she's 16 with her two friends and they're doing like a cool Ouija thing with a, instead of a Ouija board, they have like a glass that they all put their fingers on and then these like little scrabble pieces of the alphabet. Yeah. That Smart. was cool. Yeah. 
and uh yeah and they connect with uh allison's dead father <laughs> yeah and the uh the mouth work that the friend was doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> chrissy i think her name was oh it was i was i, I was like man this is this is going to be fun mm-hmm. after all that and chuck what you were just saying wow about uh you know stepping back into your old house and and kind of like becoming what you were trying to escape you know for years yeah that really made that puts a smile on my face thinking about it like that because you know they were so like manipulative to the point of being nudgy and sure they have ulterior motives because they're like evil druids who are trying to get this girl replaced but they're really working like this the, the the nostalgia factor to their advantage knowing full well that Allison is going to comply if you just push a little bit about taking this uh, tonic that I made you or <sighs> you know t- to the point where you're telling a lie about your uncle Dean dying <laughs> just to get you back <laughs> to the house because you know the secret society needs to uh, do this thing on the 19th day of the 19th hour you know and you're the uh, the main attraction right like yeah. You're the reason all this is existing currently. You know? Yeah, uh, I I was uh, the one moment that did. I was like, "Holy shit!" <clears throat> was when mm-hmm. she's the first night she's sleeping in in bed, and uh, Great Grandma Thorn comes wheeling in, and it's just like staring at her, like going to, trying to touch her face. Woo! What? That was on good. Earth. <laughs> I I mean, I to this day, to this day, because yeah. when I saw this in '78, you know, I can't stop thinking about. It. To this day, I can't buy it. And if I'm Allison, I am drilling somebody. I am not like the, 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 the problem <laughs> oh, the, with the explanation conver- from her her yeah. aunt about this old lady that appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the problem with being non confrontational as I am. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna tell me. You're gonna sell me some bullshit, and I'm not gonna call you out on yeah. it. Yeah. But but I'm watching a movie, and this is fantasy me, and I'm just like Screaming. Allison, you cannot accept this this is such a mundane base dumb excuse for why this 103 year old woman is in this house (laughs) they like imported this woman to be part of the ceremony oh yeah i mean all the stuff about like oh you're all your family's flying in that we haven't seen in 20 years or since you were a baby for your 19th birthday it's insane and yeah i I mean it is I like I like that feeling it made me where I'm just like Allison, get the fuck out of there. This yeah, something yeah. is not right. One hundred percent. It does. I I mean I, I I can't help but think it's like through modern eyes. This is like a much tougher watch because I think I think in the early seventies probably this know, was probably the some, payoff yeah. was probably big enough to. Though I yeah. don't know. I don't. I don't right. really know. I can't answer that, but. I mean, because it's a lot different than what, you know, some of the more shocking films of the mid to the late 70s yeah. were, were pulling off. So maybe, you know, maybe we're just desensitized by it by this point. But maybe for an Australian movie, in Aust- you know, it's it's got a vibe that it's definitely doesn't sit well with people. Like, even if it's just the fact that you're screaming at the TV for Allison to wisen up or, you know, like, trust Paul a little bit more just to just... Get in your your street legal beach buggy and oh. get the heck across the country. You said you said the magic word, Dale. We got to talk about this vehicle, please. So this are, death trap. <laughs> you had that thing on the highway, Dale. I, I couldn't believe it. 
I don't even think it had any springs uh, suspension. No, I yeah, I think you're one hundred percent right. Holy, you could hear the, that thing creaking, uh, uh, like <laughs> that. The headrests were like, oh my god, made out of like a uh, beach chair cushions. <laughs> when he like gets out after their long drive home, and he's like stretching, he's like, oh, a little stiff. I'm like, yeah, no, you see that thing? You're you're sitting on like a flour sack yeah. stapled to like a couple bars of aluminum. It's insane. Yeah. Right. I no mean, this windows. Is no. <laughs> no doors. No anything. But at that same token, I was in love with this thing. It looked like guy it was looked, this guy was free. It, yeah, it looked like he ordered it out of a catalog and built it himself. You know, <laughs> that's what it looked like. It's like that episode of uh, Get a Life when Chris Elliott orders that submarine <laughs> on the back of a comic and assembles it in his bathtub. <laughs> oh God. And then, and then you go home and meet Pete's old man, and you're like, "Oh man, this wow. is why Pete's so cool." Look at this guy, uh-huh. fucking living it up, going to his uh, skeet shooting club, uh, making more money than he knows what to do with. You know, just uh-huh. living that life, bachelor life, living the bachelor life to the point where I mean, he doesn't even care that he has to bail out his son. He doesn't know want to know why, dude. He was so he doesn't cool. need to. He doesn't even want to ask to, if he needs help, if Pete needs yeah. help of some kind. Yeah. No, he he told his son, who he just bailed out of prison, you know what? Tell me about it later. Yeah. You know what? It's fine. I was there. I was like, I was he, not like, mad. I, I wasn't mad that that happened that way. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Because to me, it was like, oh, here's the antithesis of Allison's family. Like, we have this super conservative, like, <clears throat> everything's perfect. We're in every inch of your mind, always talking to you, <laughs> um, explaining right. everything. But here's Pete, just out there in the wind. You know, his dad's like, yeah, man, welcome to the world. I'm just going to release you into the wild. You I know? know. It's like, he's literally just like, I did my job. You're old enough. Yeah. You're 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 capable. Yeah. You yeah. got your old man's good looks. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, well that's that's the other thing he knows. He gave him the yeah. most important thing in this uh, right. world. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's exactly the thing that matters most: <laughs> looks and charisma. Yeah. Pete uh, and Allison's uh, Peter and Allison's like some of their conversations were so great. Just felt they felt yes. so real. I, I yeah, thank you for saying that. I loved their. I loved. I believe them as like a young couple. I was so into it. Like even that first scene where they're just watching that like. Uh, mystery TV show and he's like he's like oh I figured it out and he's like, explaining the plot to her and she's like what are you talking about you know I loved I know. all that stuff it was so it, casual and just like if they felt lived in that you know felt like they really were you know yeah. a couple that's great how about their uh, occupations we're introduced to a 19 year old <gasps> Allison working in that record shop heaven <gasps> on earth and then we see Peter, he's working, he's a DJ at the local radio station down the street. Oh my what God. More, what more do you need? I don't care. Whatever town this is in Australia. Yeah. This is it. That was my dream when I was their age. Like if I could have done anything with like music or comic books in my local town, like. Oh man. You know, would have been, it's insane. It's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, it's, mm-hmm. it's an Australian Hollywood dream is what that is. Yeah, yeah, Australia. <laughs> and every house that you see has an awesome hi-fi setup, like several hi-fis. Like every room had a hi-fi in it. <laughs> it it mattered. Yeah, it was so cool. 
Like music is life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and, and I I liked that Peter didn't give up, and he really tried. I mean, to a to the best degree you can, he really tried his best to wake Allison up and get her out of there. But you know the the uh, the the druidic pentaveret was just too <laughs> too powerful and too you know too ingrained and too inside. They had the police. You know, you weren't getting yeah. They had you the weren't police, getting around that. The local doctor. Oh my god. Yeah, Doctor Lyle. It was like the the closer Pete got to the to the mystery, the more they would like hypnotize Allison or like drug her or give mm-hmm. her grandma's chocolate herbal tonics. You know, I bought you a cup of herbal chocolate. Help you sleep. Another one of your secret potions. Yes, and it's a natural vitamin tonic as well. So drink it up, nice and hot. And it, it's, herbal chocolate. What? I know. Drink Do your you tonic. Think that's, do you think that's just like caribou? Is that something like my mother-in-law, like she'll just say, uh, like, you know, I I made a chocolate smoothie, but really it's just like she threw a bunch of caribou in it and like, and then she'll be like, it tastes just like chocolate. <laughs> and then you're like, eh. you know, I will say yes, mother-in-law, because I'm non-confrontational. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah you, would, you wouldn't know the difference, but really it's kind of, it's fucking caribou. It is caribou. It is not chocolate. Yeah, all the very yeah, the polite manipulation. I just wrote pol- polite manipulation. That's like that's perfect. It's like the best way to describe what her uh, adoptive parents were. Oh yeah, we mm-hmm. should say her parents were killed. Like they find out that this druid, this cult, killed her real parent. They stole her from the hospital as a baby because she happened to be born at seven p.m. on what the nineteenth. You know, whatever. yes, the nineteenth yeah. is their cult is the Myrna cult's favorite number. So. She just happened to be, you know, win the lottery in their eyes. So they stole her from the hospital, but her parents got wise. So they made them die in a uh, car accident. And this is why like, Pete, Pete figures this all out. Love it. I love the, I love whenever there's a library research scene. I love it. I miss <laughs> that because you don't get that nowadays, you know. I know. Yeah. You just, uh, you have to like, you just Google it, you know. Yeah. Show me, show me the microfiche. Show me yes. the, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Bring it over. Oh, and fucking Pete is like. He's like using a pencil on that, on the old newspapers and and bound in that hardcover. And I was like, dude, don't be writing in there. You're not the first one who's going to come researching cults, you know, come on. It's sick. (laughs) Um, Oh, but we didn't talk about, I don't even remember her name, but like Pete's, who I thought was his ex-girlfriend, who's like, she's like a witch, basically. Love this character. She was like the, uh. You know, Merlin, who came in the second act to, like, help out with some information. <laughs> I like the, uh, she lets him into the apartment, and he he wastes no time. He looks around, he's like, so, are, are you still into the occult and stuff like that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, what about all that other stuff you used to be into? Witchcraft, seances, and all that. Oh, no. Got out of that scene when I started to realize just what sort of things I was playing around with. Dangerous games, those. Hmm. Like literally the bro, you know, let's yeah. not waste any time here. <laughs> so good. I thought it was, I thought he was going to go try to see the surviving friend uh, and try to, try to work that angle. Like cause the three of them that were in the seance together. Oh yeah. 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 That's yeah. what I thought was going to happen. Like they were going to try to tackle the uh, rescuer through that means, but it was interesting. Like, yeah. The other two in the seance are nowhere to be found. I want to ask you, cause you're, you're more, uh versed in the in halloween four five and six <laughs> is this the same cult 
Because they use the name Thorn a lot in this. They did use the name Thorn. It is, uh, to my knowledge, is not the same cult. Okay. There's no mention of Myrna or anything like that in the uh, the Samhain Halloween cult of right. Thorn. But right. um, there's probably some cross references, right? They probably, you know, the Druidic cults probably share a lot of the same. They probably got it from the same book, you know. Yeah, they found they both found Thorn in that book, you know, that, that yeah, old the, book, you know. <laughs> somebody pouring through library research. Oh man, those libraries! Yeah. Just to wrap up, I liked a lot of the themes. It was that were embedded in here that you know were probably a, a, of a lesser concern of uh, Ian Coughlin, but for me, they kind of hit. Mm-hmm. They hit really true, and I liked that it, there was a little bit more in there. Besides just the, um, I, I I liked all the going home aspect. I thought that was really powerful stuff. That's really good, Chuck. And I, I did like, I liked the ending. I, I liked the transfer. Of, so the whole thing is they're transferring this old demon Myrna from this, the 103 year old lady through the stone in the, in the backyard into the new young body, which is Allison. And the transfer does happen, but we don't know what happens. And Pete runs in the last minute to rescue her, pulls her away. Drops the uh, shooting pistol, but then all of a sudden Allison picks it up and shoots her boyfriend dead. (laughs) She's like, yeah, she's like, yeah, you're too late. I switch bodies. I'm not Allison. You're a fool to throw away the cross. If you hadn't, I might still be Allison. But you did. And I'm not. No. You stupid idiot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was too good and it took me a second but i got like as soon as i realized what was happening in front of my eyes i was like oh my effing god but yeah the old lady was like oh i guess me and pete better get on we got to get to work tomorrow and she doesn't even realize that one what happened two yeah. she's 103 now <laughs> yeah but she still thinks she's 19 <laughs> yeah that that Holy was more crap that yeah, that last scene with the old lady, like with Allison inside the old lady, I was like, like I was, I was groaning at first. I was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, she, you know. But it was, it, yeah. it was kind of awesome. Like weird. it was, it would look good. She's like, and then she like realized that her old clawed hand, and yeah. she's like, she starts freaking out. Then like, I was like, what are you doing with your hand there, lady? I w- I was impressed by this old lady's age. She <laughs> she looked incredible. <laughs> like she looked naturally old. It didn't look like a makeup job at all. Like, yeah, they just found it craggly old lady in it and she <laughs> kicked ass it was great uh-huh it looked amazing <laughs> all right dale do we have any listener feedback what's our email address support pod at something something support info. pod <laughs> support pod at support pod.com um uh bat and spider pod at gmail.com god jesus uh bat and spite thank you chuck bat and spider pod <laughs> at gmail.com or or call us on our official free Google phone bat and spider hotline 315-544-0966. From your lips uh, to Satan's ears. <laughs> Alas, this week, Chuck, our listeners have forsaken us. We have no feedback. What? And I, I don't know. I feel good about it. I feel clean. Wow. I feel cleansed. Not even Fangoria? That we're, not be- we're not beholden... <laughs> brother not even fangoria couldn't even get back to us uh after we asked for their advertising rate sheet what kind of a business 
Like, is our our is our DNS forwarder set up okay? Is my email working? <laughs> like, this is to the point where we got to check to see if our email is working. Exactly. Because, you know, we want we want to spend money. Look, I'm I can only buy so many DVDs. Yeah, start buying Let's something funnel else. Funnel it elsewhere. Know? That Fango yeah. ad, Dale. It's going to put us our numbers incredible. It's numbers gonna are going to be through the roof. <laughs> numbers going to be through the roof. Uh, so so. Now what? Now, Chuck, now it's time, uh, my friend, for you to pick out a movie from the box set, All the Haunts Be Ours. I'm flipping through the official Haunts Be Ours booklet. Uh, yeah, I'm going to look through it this way because they got posters in here, too. All right, everybody. Wipe the sweat from your brow. <laughs> from 1987, we're watching Tilbury. Uh, this is uh, an Icelandic movie. In 1940... When there are British forces in Iceland, a country boy goes to Reykjavik to work for the army and to find what became of his childhood sweetheart. He soon discovers that she's having an affair with a British soldier. Moreover, he starts to suspect that the soldier, instead of being an officer and a gentleman, is in fact a very peculiar kind of monster. Oh. Um, yeah. There's an aspect to this movie that I think is not even mentioned in that at all. <laughs> okay. Wow. This is a 56-minute gem. Here, Chuck. Yeah, I believe it was a uh, TV join. Mm. I love a short movie. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. God. A lot of these movies are like, I don't know, 110 minutes? I don't know. Yeah. This this just takes all the decision making out of it. Uh, this movie looks looks good. Uh, yeah. I can't wait to get some more eyes on it. And, it. and Chuck, you did say it's on Shudder. So with that swath of full car they just released to the, to the service. So. I know. I was just looking at the page. They have a dedicated page to it and it's not just stuff from this box set it's tons of movies mentioned in the uh the documentary mm. that's in the set uh yeah there's a ton in here that i'm actually like i was super shocked i was like oh this is great like there's so many other movies mentioned in that in the documentary mm -hmm. um even children of the corndale even track that old nut oh down. <laughs> wow that's good for us yeah <laughs> All right, Dale, let's lock it up. Lock it up. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week for Tilbury. Sound too thrilled. It's my nineteenth birthday. Oh.
Well, she had no right to do that. It is her party. It's a family party. Just members of the family, that's all. I'm afraid you won't be able to come. Unless Alison says otherwise, I'll be there. Now listen to me, boy. You're meddling in something you can't begin to understand. My advice to you is stay well away from this house. And from Alison.